It's the True Penny Show with your host, James True Penny. Hello and welcome to the True Penny Show. My name is James True Penny. This is my show today. We are going back to the Beginner's Guide to Japanese Wrestling. We've kind of given up on a timeline with Beginner's Guide to Japanese Wrestling. You get 100 episodes or so in, and then you kind of have to kind of like get stuff when you can. And we're going to talk about something we've talked about before. An organization that had a long history in a very short period of time, if you see what I mean. And we are going to talk about kind of the cusp of the hottest period of this company, and arguably one of the hottest periods any wrestling company had ever, artistically, if not financially. And to discuss it with me is the fantastic, the wonderful, the returning Mr. John Dinsdale. How are we doing, sir? I'm pretty well. It seems like fate to try to keep me from recording an episode with you for like months now. If it's not <laughs> bloody family, it's jobs. And then it's just like, oh, I'm finally free. And yeah, we're going to watch Joshi wrestlers kick the shit out of each other. That pretty much describes Arceon. Arceon hybrid fighting is it was known in its full format. Uh, we're going to look at the Sky High tournament from 1999. It was on the 25th of July at Kurikan Hall. And they crammed 2,000 people into Corican Hall, an 1,800-seat venue. <laughs> they must have tied them to the bloody ceiling, but they were hot. <laughs> this is one of the hottest Corican crowds of that particular time period. They love their Joshi, and there's some of the biggest names in the industry on this tournament, which is really about breaking new stars. Now, I'm going to share it on the screen because it's not just this tournament. There is an awful lot on this tape in two hours. This was obviously a VHS release in Japan, which has meandered its way over to YouTube, which is where we found it. The company was founded by Ajikon, um, ex-AJWW businessman Hiroshi Rossi Ogawa, manager Sake Hasegawa, and trainer Mariko Yoshida. And their fingerprints are all over this particular company. They had an interesting approach to their roster. They took some stars from AJW, as you'd imagine, with Rossi having so many and Aja Kong having so many connections to that company. But they mixed and matched training between Lucha Libre and Shoot Style. And boy, does it show. <laughs> um, and this is a good example of that. This particular tournament that we're seeing the whole um, show developing is more um, a based around high flyers. Obviously, Sky High tournament. It's much more Lucha Libre in its approach. And, you know, some of the biggest names in the industry for the known for their aerial prowess are in this particular tournament. Um, and when you get the opening pitch, the opening um, uh, sequence, you get to see that developing. Um, and then we move on to... Um, the opening shot of the show, which is Aji Khan um, taking on uh, rookie Kandi Yasuka um, and giving her a hiding, to be honest with you. Um, and then Kandi kind of like having a major comeback against the biggest, baddest, bad bird. Well, she wasn't a bad guy in this company, but the biggest, baddest wrestler on planet Earth. So what did you think of this opening match? It was in highlight form. But Aja does not get her own way, and it shows the fighting spirit of young Candy Yoksuka. Does it not, sir? Yeah, you pretty much summed it up there. It's like shit-kicking into comeback queen. It's very traditional. This rookie is not, well, 
is a rookie no more type of deal because you're um, battling for your life against Ajik. Oh, <laughs> There's no giving that power bomb, but yeah, it's it's kind of what you want from a match of this caliber. It establishes candy, but at the same time, Aja Kong looks like she's just going to kill you. Absolutely, that's it. Aja Kong was the matriarch in this company. She was a baby face, and she really kind of like took on the same role that Chigusa Nagaya had done in Gaia, and Nana Takahashi would do in Stardom. The experienced veteran who took the roster under their wing. Um, and there was some interesting stuff happening with Arceon, which is clearly a blueprint for what stardom would become. Um, mainly, specifically, um, the, the idea of, I mean, later on, much more so, but even the beginning, there was rosters using um, factions there is a faction in this particular company at the beginning called uh, Kazai, which features Akino, Miku Akino, Ayuki Hamada, and Candy Okutsu um, as a as a pop band, much the same as the Beauty Pair did. You know, much the same as um, uh, the Crush Girls did. They were kind of doing many things that AJW done before, but applying it all in a very new way, and it gave an incredible mix of lucha libre and shoot style, and this is a really good example, actually, in this first match of how that works, because Arjun was doing the things she loved best, which was ground and pound mat work um, and selling, because, of course, she couldn't just come in and dominate everybody because she was the babyface. She was the top babyface. Um, and it's a lovely little ending where Candy just doesn't give up. <laughs> <clears throat> and smacks Arjun in the face because she's lost, which is the right thing to do, of course. Arjun wouldn't want it any other way, would she? <laughs> but yeah, that's How the... How did she get murdered there, to be honest? People have died for less. <laughs> but she's looking after her students. She's being like, you know, the baby face. Um, and next up, we have a tag team match for the... Uh, twin star of Arsian Championships, which is held at the time by Hiromi Yagi and Rita Mada. Um, and they're going up against the hottest tag team in the company, and at the time, arguably one of the hottest tag teams in the world, Miki Akino and Aoki Hamada. Now, Hamada is the daughter of Gran Hamada, and Miki Akino was someone who came through the Arsian dojo with a very kind of hot hand on the shoot style, but she has an interesting approach to aerial work as well. Um, Hamada went on to be one of the best Joshi workers of all time. Akino, also one of the best Joshi workers of all time. Both of them still work for Cos Academy on a regular basis. Um, and this is kind of like they're 18 and 19 years old and they're showing absolute veteran presence against Rita Mada, who is an AJW superstar, she was one of those people, <laughs> and Hiromi Yagi, who is also supremely talented as well. So this is a super hot tag team match. Now, the Twin Stars of Arsene Championship have been founded a couple of months before this, um, in December of 1998, so you're looking about six months. Um, and 
um, there was a round-robin tournament which Aoki Yamada was in the final of. They lost to Yagi and Tamada. They had a singles, they had a tag team match that went to a time of draw before this. There's highlights of that here. But this is a Currican Hall brawl, top to bottom. You would see this day in, day out at this time. Well, you still see it now. This is a super high quality, super impactful, and really kind of intense brawl between two teams who really don't like one another. <laughs> What's your thoughts on this one, John? Because this is superb. Again, I feel like you're summing these up better before I even have a chance. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it makes my job easier because I can just go, yeah, what he said. Like, this is <laughs> awesome. It's just ridiculously violent, ridiculously technical at times. It's full of the sort of hybrid style the company's going for. And as you said, these are all like relatively young wrestlers just destroying each other. It's It's a precursor for the boom period. As you sort of say, but you can see everything that they're going to offer now. Yeah, I yeah. feel like I've just basically said everything you said, but worse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's ridiculous bumps in this. There's ridiculous aerial work. There's <laughs> Peabody's just flying left, right, and center. We don't really see anything like this nowadays. The closest thing you've kind of seen to it lately is the Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks, I think. That's the kind of wrestling this is, but it's 25 years ago, and it's women. <laughs> and, you know, it, the intensity of this is just insane. And I think as well is the picture-perfect technique Hamada has. I mean, she's just about to do an Asai moonsault to the floor, and she does one leap perfectly to the top rope, and then lands a perfect Asai moonsault from the top rope to the floor which is something only Minami Toyota had done previously to this on a regular basis. And then you've got a follow-up with the Kino going for a Topic on Hilo straight over the top rope with picture-perfect landing as well. And she isn't an aerial wrestler. She's a shooter. And it just shows you how adaptable they are as a tag team. And they have that appeal. You've got a tomboy who wears a sports bar and boxing shorts, and you've got this incredibly feminine superstar who's gonna sell you an awful lot of calendars and it's kind of like the perfect match in the same sense of not to be too blunt the beauty pair were two femme girls and the crush girls were two butch girls you've got the best of both worlds here <laughs> so that's exactly what they're going for isn't it like these teams aren't like are put together with like talent in mind and markability in mind, market ability in mind. So like the company knows what they're doing. They just also have to be incredibly good wrestlers at the same time. It's it's the dream package as well, you know. And it's just and they just flow so naturally as well. It's like watching Hamada just drop a couple of DDTs just for good measure. Like everything flows. It's not. It, it it's a. Again, that Simon insult to the inside that time. Thought the trouble is when we watch a show whilst we're doing this because there's not everything is on the the cage match page, and we we want to make sure we don't miss anything because it's that good. But it, you know the, they've got such precision, the pair of them, and obviously they're young as well and not scared, <laughs> which does help. Um, they've got so much energy and fitness, and 
it, it's just so perfectly executed as a tag team match. And to that, and that's not not Kagi and Tamara. They're awesome. Like the, the 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 momentum has shifted now. But this is like hell for leather, Joshi wrestling from the nineties, just as you expect that reputation for that particular organization would be. And Arsium does it really, really well. And you know, all that, all that folding press. <laughs> Just absolutely perfect stuff. Just the, the execution of this match in the traditional Joshi sense. It's one of the best matches I've ever seen. And um, just everybody's rooting two baby face teams that just don't quite get along with each other and they're all rooting for everybody. And the, the fans are so hot for this match. We're going to end up watching all of this at this point. We are. So we should we should skip to the end and tell you that Aquino and Hamada won it in true sisterly fashion, as they are Dojo sisters. Um, and then they get on the microphone and do their usual thing. Um, uh, you know, insult some people, thank some people, take the belts home. And their parting shot is to two people who are sat in the audience. You happen to be Atsuki Mita and Mima Shimoda, the LCO. And People as we you know, don't want to piss off. No, as history has chosen many times before, those Kakaharis Orientales work to their own time scale and they don't get paid by the hour. Um, and there was plenty of other people, except for the tag team champions, who smartly, after insulting the LCO, drifted away. <laughs> Uh, to leave Shimoda and um, Mita to their own devices, and essentially the entire roster came up to challenge uh, uh, Mita and uh, Shimoda, and we get the results of that on the car that comes forward after that. So there you go. The, this was the debut of Los Cocoharis Orient Towers, and we see backstage, once Aja Kong has managed to get them out, Rossi Agawa negotiating um for the match on the opening of the card which would be uh Rita Mada and Yumi Fukawa going up against Oscar Powers Orientalis which we will talk about next um oh yeah that opening match it wasn't Kanzi Kizukuzi was it it was Yumi Fukawa <laughs> sorry we do apologize I misnamed somebody there Rumi Fukawa going up against Mitsuki Mito and what you notice about this match is she's so tiny Subnet Sexuki Mito She's so small. She was small when she wrestled Aja Kong, but she's even smaller now. She's small. Um, and they sent them up, and her and Ray Tamada, who obviously had an awful lot of dealings with uh, Mita and Shimoda in her AJW days, they put them up against the baddest of all badass tag teams in history with predictable results. What's your thoughts on this one? Uh, it's violent. Very, <laughs> there is just no fucks given to, um, yeah, safety. Well, there is obviously, but you know what I mean. It's meant to look like there isn't. Like they, they're just throwing her about by the hair. It's, it's just evil. It's pure malice, and it's perfect. This is the good shit. <laughs> it is that Megadeth song. Killing is our business, and business is good. Exactly. That's what they're all about. They came to bring all levels of violence, the kind of violence you've never seen before. And surprisingly, 
left a few things on the table for a later date. They didn't give they didn't give away the shop window. They left things they they absolutely murdered them. <laughs> um, I let them have a comeback. Well, it's, 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 it's just it just does not stop. It is just like hair mare slapped to the face, hair mare sleeper. Oh, I can't get the sleeper on fire. Right, the They'll kick you in the face again. It is just just uh, it just does not stop. It's the it's the Billy Robinson <laughs> I, idea of don't hold a hold for longer than six seconds because just so much malice as well. <laughs> yeah, it's that, but evil. <laughs> and like they're having I mean, fun at your expense. Like yeah. you're fucked. <laughs> and they're clearly having the time of their lives. <laughs> and then Ross is going to do what you want and just make it look great. And like that Boston crab looks insane. <sighs> we are like we would like to point out Mimi Shimoda was Jay White's mentor in New Japan Pro Wrestling. <laughs> you want to know why Jay got the good so quick? <laughs> you know, watching Mimi Shimoda matches, the, one of the most ultimate heels in pro wrestling history. Um, still is bad as they come. And you know this 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 furthers my point that the Dudley boys weren't the greatest tag team of all time because Shimoda and Mita would have beaten them up and taken their lunch money any day of the week. But imagine if LCO had made it to ECW. Like, just... just... <laughs> Here. Go nuts. They'd have probably just caved everyone's heads in with chairs before, like, they could even make it to the ring. Oh. Yeah, I, oh, yeah, waiting for that power just yeah. to make it sting that much more. And not just covering us sitting on a um, and then, ooh, kicking out, eh? Oh. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, they lay everything on Fukua. Fukua tries to counter a Boston Crab and, and Shimo and meets is just, no, no. Kicks her in the face and rolls her over. It's just it's like, you thought. You thought. <laughs> you gotta see. This is the woman that handled Aja Kong in the first match, and they're just destroying her. This is the whole point of the Aja Kong match, isn't it? You know, giving someone who won't give up to this tag team that are utterly, utterly relentless. Um, and, you know, and then just watching this sadistic, hell-driven tag team, the product of Akira Hokuto's twisted mind. <laughs> um, let, and let them go and see what happens. And... If you want to get heat, they will get you heat every which way you can possibly imagine. Knee across the throat for a pinfall. There you go. Oh, I'm trying there's to get a light walk on. There's no grace in a lot of it either. It's just up and you're dead. It's just shit cannon, you. Yeah. Oh, can't get out of the leg lock. Let me bite you in the ass. That'll do. Well, there you go. It's just relentless. Relentless chicanery. Horror from the highest order. You would not believe. You gotta see it. You gotta watch it. It's a demolition job from the Hades. Um, to be fair to Tamara and Bukawa, they do get going in the match eventually, but it takes them an awful long time, and then they lose. <laughs> I like a little bit. It's like the seconds pulling the ropes away, so they can't get to the ropes. That's cool. Um, but yeah. We're going to sit and watch this match and just say how relentlessly awful Shimoda and Mita are for the next 20 minutes, so we'd best move on, really, haven't we? 
Um, but it's an absolute thriller as well. It does get better. Um, but they just, they weren't going to win. But that was kind of the point. And then we get on to the actual tournament itself, which is, like I said, is kind of lucha themed. Um, and as is traditional with a full size card like this, all the wrestlers come down in kind of um, their lucha attire, if you will, um, to show off, uh, except for Mickey Rikino, who doesn't care. <laughs> Obviously, this was on a different night to the Tag Team Championship Curric and Hall show. Um, but there's a fair old field in this. Um, uh, what did you think of this one? This opening match, which was La Galactica versus Princess Sugi. I'll skip it for I just love, moment. like, La Galactica's outfit. It's really funny. Like, it's, it just looks like sort of generic sci-fi costume but i quite dig it and yeah they, they don't really show us a lot of this match because it's over in like five minutes if you look at the actual match card it's just very fast very technical but it's over in a flash i will point out that the galactica was uh 30 years old at that point right um but she wrestled for AJW in the late 70s and early 80s. She was like wrestling for them when she was like 15 and 16 years old and was a former AJW Women's World Champion. She was WWWA okay. World Champion. She took the title off Jackie Yukota in a hair versus hair match. So she was like a big draw at the time. So it was amazing to see her in the opening card and lose <laughs> to Princess Suge in the first round. Uh, did she lose the first round? Oh no, that was the alternate. That was the substitute match. Whoever won that match would get used as a substitute in the tournament. So that was interesting. Like you could afford to bring in this big superstar from the eighties, and she still clearly can go. So why didn't you make more of her? <laughs> but there you go. Life's like that. Yeah, she was like top heel in AJW for quite some time. She used to tag with um... Oh Bertha Faye. Monster Ripper in AJW. So the first match on this tournament is Kandi Atsuku versus Aoki Hamada. Uh, Kandi Atsuku clearly highly influenced by Satoru Sayama, the original Tiger Mask, because essentially she's wearing the Tiger Mask outfit in pink, except, of course, Sayama did not wear a sports bra. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, I can't tell so, 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 intentional or not. She just flips off and then lands on her face. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, no, that's proper like tiger faint stuff. Um, Asuka is like like really going on the tiger mask kind of deal. Um, but yeah, it's this is a good fun little tag team, fun little singles match, isn't it? Really, it's it's kind yeah, of it's very energetic in. with a lot of like influences, a lot of energy. But again, it's only in highlight form, so you only see bits of it. I would think it's probably a homage also to Aoki Hamada's dad, who wrestled in New Japan and would have wrestled Tiger Mask several times before he started UWA Japan and then eventually closed that because everyone worked for UWA side Mitchell and Cooper and he moved there instead. Hmm. Quite yeah. possibly. Yeah. What makes sense? Yeah, so it could be a, a little bit of a floating tribute. There's always an awful lot of Tiger Mask stuff and the influence on Tiger Mask in in, um, in Joshi. And I don't quite understand it, because I suppose he was one of the most popular wrestlers of the 80s. Um, 
And yeah, so this is fun. This is going to fall into the usual category whenever we watch a show of this quality. It's like, yeah, it's really fun, really good. It is, because it, it mean, this, this is the thing, though. It's not, it doesn't mean anything in the greatest scheme of Arsion as far as like long term storytelling is concerned until the end of the show when you've watched the whole thing. So it's a completely self packaged thing, isn't it? You know, you can watch this tournament in yeah. isolation and not worry about Arsion ever again. But it does really introduce you to the company in, in a really strong way. Like, Kamada is a great aerial wrestler, but her ground and pound is so good. And her violence is so good. You know, she's, she is the complete package. And for Joshi at the time, I would argue she had a hotter run as any Joshi wrestlers ever had, including Minami Toyota and Akira Hokuto, in this period from 99 to about 2003. Um, hey, diving headbutt, black yeah. tiger ref. <laughs> Going for all the tiger masks. Oh, yeah, the, the, the moonsault, that's the tiger mask moonsault. Actually, 1999, when did... Yeah, we might even get some Tekken references in here to King. It's possibly. <laughs> Tekken would be out by this time. It would have been. Mark Rocker would only just retired at this point. He retired in 98, I think. Hmm. So, yeah, we were, Eddie, we were on Eddie Guerrero Black Tiger at this point. Because we were on Tiger Mask 3, weren't we? Kanemoto. So. It was amazing, the Tiger Mask story. Tiger Mask 5 is already retired, but Tiger Mask 4 is still going. <laughs> oh. That, 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 that blackout is. Oh, it's just so good. But everything Armada does was just so good. She's just so crisp at everything. Like that. That folding press. Into, Into the whatever that is. There you go. Yeah, I can't. It's just your everything hurts now. <laughs> <laughs> there's, like, you, there's a lot of Mexican Guevara kind of uh, um, submission influence on her. From her sister, Zlotty, who was kind of like the... Aoki was... More loot, more Joshi than Lucha, and then Slotty was more Lucha than Joshi, but they had a lot of influence on each other. Um, then we have Metal Gammy <laughs> uh, going up against um, Mika uh, Aquino. Um, Metal Gammy is Gammy, the person that owns uh, Wave these days, who was an LLPW wrestler who moved over to Arceon because they were going to do more shoot stuff. But because Gammy is really an excellent comedy wrestler as well as being a shooter, she kind of applied comedy here. And the result is Gammy trying to be a comedy luchador um, whilst also trying to do shoot-style stuff. <laughs> it's a bit totally all over the place, but she somehow manages to make it. <laughs> yeah, this was before she put the weight on and was still like a lean, mean fighting machine, but was getting far more traction for her comedy of errors than she was um, as a shooter. So she was kind of like, um, <laughs> trying to hide a chair. Because she knows, yes, bonk. It's like, oh, it's great, this is wonderful. Um, yeah, because she's trying to pretend to be a luchador, luchador, luchador I should say, that's it. 
But it's kind of like the, the, the Toys R Us version of a luchador. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, she's she went on to be a comedy genius and uh, still promoting Wave. Um, and when it works, it works. It works. Yeah. I must admit, it was quite funny because I um, had to tab out occasionally as this match was on. I kept coming, like hearing laughter, and I'm just like, what? And then I look back to see Gammy doing something funny again, and she's like, oh shit, yeah, <laughs> it's actually working. Because a lot of the time when you see comedy wrestling, especially in this time period, it falls flat. Yeah, because she was badass, and that was everyone knew her as a badass. So therefore, you know, when she did it, it's a bit like when Minoru Suzuki lays a joke into a match, everyone laughs, partly because they're scared, but partly because because he's so serious all the time, it means something. Yeah? Whereas cause yeah. when, when Gami does it, that's the same kind of thing. You know, she's got a front face lock, but she's got a grovet on, reverse grovet on there. I probably can hold um, in the middle of this lucha match. <laughs> So yeah, it's it's just fun. This one is just fun. This one is designed to be fun as well. Let's <laughs> get in the eyes. Yeah, I'm gonna faint a back elbow and then just poke you in the face, and then use a a, a, a lucha pinfall thing. Gammy had a lot of water game as far as like different techniques and stuff was concerned. So that's what made her a very watchable, I guess. Shall we Definitely. move on? Yeah, let's go for it. Akita wins that match, um, and then we're off to some serious aerial wrestling, arguably the queen of all aerial wrestling. Um, Chapahuita Asari versus Ae Fujita. Um, we haven't missed one out because Mary Apache was on this show, and I think we've missed one, so we'll have to go back and watch that one in a second. 108.42, remind me of that. So Chapahuita Asari was an AJW wrestler. She moved over to um, Arsion when Aja Kong went. Um, and arguably, she has been on two of the biggest wrestling shows of all time. Do you know what shows she was on, John? You've probably told me before, but brain fog. <laughs> she was on the Collision in Korea show, um, where she um, wrestled, uh, tagged with um, I think she tagged with, um, yeah, she tagged with uh, Manami Toyo against Akira Hokuto and Aji and Paul Nakano, I think. Or was it Aji Kong? It would have been Aji Kong at that period of time. Um, and she, yeah, yeah. And she, she was also on Survivor Series 1995. Um, now, that the, one I didn't know. Yeah, they were, they, they were in uh, a tag team match. She was tagging. With the Wonder Blaze, Kyoki Onomo and Seki Hasegawa, and they went up against Bertha Faye, Aja Kong, Tamaka Watanabe, and Lioness Asuka, who were managed for Jesus. reasons beyond compare. They were managed by Harvey Whippleman. <laughs> that is such a clusterfuck. It went for 10 minutes. It stole the absolutely stole the show, and Chapahita Asari finished it with a um, Sky Twister Press. And it was doing like countless different flips and cartwheels and all sorts yes. here. It's just insane. It's just no stopping her. No, Ifujita is not bad either. She's Andy wrestler. But Asari is just when you're going to do highlight real matches, you're going to focus on the woman that does all of the gymnastics because that's how it works. 
unfortunately. Um, and, you know, Ai's really good. I like her a lot. She's kind of more of a traditional pro wrestler and in, in a straight up fighting pro wrestler. Whereas Asari is like arguably one of the best aerial wrestlers of all time who never really gets the credit because she does an awful lot of stuff that people like AJ Styles does and, and um, Will Ospreay does, but she did it 25 years ago and therefore doesn't quite get the credit that, you know, perhaps she should do. Especially if she was the first person to land the Sky Twisted Press on WWE television. I don't think they'll let anyone do that nowadays. Because <laughs> <laughs> it essentially is AJ Styles' final tap, isn't it? But AJ's forgotten how to do that. So... <laughs> Yeah, um, and there's, there's a nice little bit of mat work in there. I like that getting your hand underneath the chin in the sleeper to relieve the pressure from Asari. That's nice defensive wrestling. I could, I like it. Um, and this one ended with a sky twister press. Have you got any other thoughts on this one, John? No, it was just really like ridiculous to see how bloody like flippy and like gymnastics heavy that Asari could get. And yeah, every time I looked over, there was a new flip or, as you said, there's this nice sort of stretch where Vegeta gets to show off for a bit. Yeah. It's just another great match that shows off like two combative stars. Bloody hell. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fast. It's so crisp. It's like everything is like perfect, but it doesn't look overly choreographed because it's happening at that speed. You just can't be like, oh yeah, they're just They've practiced this 50 times. It's like, I doubt it. No, you just have to be there in the right place. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the knocks on Asuka has on one of the reasons why she left Joshi from WWE was because everything in Joshi has to be pristine and perfect. And in WWE, it doesn't. Which is hard to believe when WWE is kind of like, you know, produced within an inch of its life. But I get her point. It's not meant to be. It's meant to. WWE is meant about you. You're telling stories. You're not having matches. Whereas Joshi, you've got to have matches to tell stories. And this is a good example of that. So and now think, we need to go back to 108.42. Was it? Yeah, 108.42. Um, and also, Fujita is absolutely fearless. That moonsault there. Look at that. Bloody hell! Yeah. So yeah. So uh, Mary uh, Apache or Mary Apache. Um, isn't this one? That's the sister of Fabi Apache. Um, Christ. <laughs> I'm not I've watching heard screen. Drop kicks, but that's yeah, that was the full on in bus shot. Jesus. Going up against Linda Starr. Linda Starr um, is also from Mexico City. Um, she was trained by Ringo Mendoza, Gran Hamada, Carlos Lagarde, Tony Salazar, and La Bestia Negra. Yeah, she she had quite the the um, lineage herself, but obviously the Fabi and Mary Apache, who have both spent time in Arsenal uh, doing their training on the battle art side of things, um, were absolutely phenomenal. Um, Mary especially, I've really enjoyed her work, and she doesn't get as much. I don't think she has as much presence as Fabi does, which is probably the reason why she, Fabi is still kind of like over like Rover in Triple uh, A. Um, uh, but yeah, Mary, Mary is still wrestling. She's kind of doing independence for um, for Mexican wrestling. She had some matches last year. Uh, she had one match last year in last twenty twenty two. She's she's not as busy as she once was. She's kind of slowed her schedule down. She wrestled for Pro Wrestling Eve in London 
in 2019. Um, and Linda Starr, I think, is still going as well. Like Luchadoras seem to last forever, don't they? They just keep wrestling. Yeah. They just don't stop. Luchadoras, Linda Starr's last match was in 2018 um, in an independent show. So that was her last match. Um, but she spent a lot of time in Arsenal. She spent a lot of time in uh, Raise the Rings. So yeah, but yeah. Then this is a this was a good little lucha match. What did you think of this one? Yeah, it's it's fine. You don't really see much of it because again, it's over in a flash. <laughs> it's it does what it needs to, but you don't get to see enough of it because they obviously want to make room for everything else on the tape. True. So let's just skip forward to the um, semi-finals, which is Maria Chapney for Maria uh, Mary Apache versus Yoki Hamada, which starts with a bang when Mary Apache jumps Hakada Ahada from the get-go and comes up with the most ridiculous Kopiton Hilo I've ever seen. <laughs> and that's saying something. Um, and it just goes on from there. Let's start with a busted nose and see how we get on. <laughs> that just sounds so quintessentially essentially joshy it's just like right we've started with something brutal let's just keep going from there <laughs> <laughs> um but you can sell the patches after this particular match and um hamada is absolutely bang on in this match as well so you've got the rising superstar of the company versus a visitor who wants to make her uh, presence really felt, and you know, also legacy of two um, lucha families as well, Grand Hamada and Apache. So this had to go. This one had to go long, and it had to go heavy. And they went long, and they went heavy. This is absolutely fantastic stuff. Any thoughts on this one, John? Again, I think you just captured it. <laughs> You've just got two people that are really great at what they're doing, telling a fun little story and like the sort of hotter stages of a tournament. It's very like exciting to watch. There's a lot of great moments in it and it helps cement both wrestlers within like what they're trying to do. Hamada would probably have gotten the win, but yeah, Apache was just there to upset it. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's also as well, like, if you're building a baby face, you have to have some adversity in there, or else there's no reason to root for them. She's just had the big, big win for the tag team titles with Aquino. You know, she can't come across as invincible, or else you've got to kind of, like, give her chance to get there. Um, she would be the top dog in Arceon within the year. I think she was double champion at one point. And the fact that um uh the fact that her best of tape was called Aoki Hamada, Queen of Arsion, uh, will tell you how um much they thought of her. It wasn't like I mean the Queen of Arsion was the top title, which again goes back to stardom, doesn't it? Like the obsession with royalty in Joshi. <laughs> Princess of Princess Championship. Um yeah, Queen of Arsion kind of topped all of that. The Twin Star of Arsion was always my favourite tag team title name. Um, but you get such a... This is kind of like a very... Much more of a lucha match than the others are in the sense of it's not just aerial spots, it's lots of submission and stuff. 
and there's some Western stuff in there as well, DDTs, there's a lot of Joshi back and forth. Tamada is such a conduit for all kinds of wrestlers. Like she's so like she's obviously got an awful lot of lucha and, and Joshi influence in her, but also she's got an awful lot of North American influence. Like those DDTs are very Arn Anderson DDTs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We'll have to talk to RJ Singh about that and see if you'd see if her, her DDTs uh, are of the high caliber quality, as he is the king of the DDT. <laughs> I was talking to him on Twitter last year. He's highly offended that DDT have never offended, never offered him a place at the king of DDT tournament. Because he's the king of DDTs, surely. <laughs> it's made to go together. Yeah, yeah. you'd have thought some money all over it. Just saying. Uh, for those who don't know, RJ Singh is British wrestler, RJ Singh. Um, excellent wrestler, former commentator for Progress and um, deputy headmaster of a primary school, because of course he is. <laughs> um, yeah, Hamada loses his match to Apache, and then we have Chaparita Sari and um, Miki Aquino attempting to murder one another for a good 15 minutes. It's um, just brutal, this one. It's like, oh, what's that? You want to flip? I don't fucking think so. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is oh. this is Matt Wrestler versus Ariel Wrestler. This is Zack Sabre Jr. versus Will Ospreay, but like 25 years before, 25 years ago. And Aquino's pulling everything out. We've got a pro and arrow, like sideboard, side surfboard kind of moves and Full stretches. She's got so much strength to her as well. All um, of it has just got a nice air of malice to it because screw you and your flips. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got body slams. And uh, now we're going into more Boston Crabs. There's a lot of Boston Crab stuff going on. And trash talking in the middle of the Boston Crab. I do like that with some slaps. <laughs> um, but yeah. And Aquino, again, it's styles make fights. Aquino is not a luchadora by any stretch of the imagination, but she has an awful lot of aerial ability. I do love that running the rope she did. It's very uh, Kyoku in a way of running the ropes to get aerial shots over the top, which was really cool to see. It was a different approach of wrestling, which she kind of perfected, um, but in a way was kind of always too a little too big to do the things she could do. Whereas, because Aquino at the time was a lot more spelt, she could do an awful lot more aerial stuff with it. And I think that was really kind of one of her big draws in the aerial side. Um, and Sarah's just amazing. Look at that. Frankenstein. Just perfect. I suppose, well, that's a hurricane runner, I guess, more than Frankenstein. But yeah, this was, this was an absolutely great semi-final. It had everything you could want, and just a whole heaping of violence. <laughs> and uh, some incredibly good defensive wrestling as well, and an awful lot of big, big bumps, big, big, big build bumps. Sorry, going over the top of the the going over the top of the ring post to get a um, a crossbody in, just insane. But let's just move on to the semi final, which featured. Well, 
a murderer's row. <laughs> Michiko Omiyaki tagging with Aja Khan going up against Hiromi Yagi and Marioki Yoshida. This is just a tag team match as for the sake of a tag team match. Yoshida was the then Queen of RCM champion. She was also the trainer in the dojo and she was on a purple patch, uh, like you wouldn't believe, producing classic after classic. Um, she's kind of a heel, um, which is hard work when I just come with your top baby face, to be honest. That's, that's the job description you have to get right. <laughs> and one of the reasons why is she's such a great defensive wrestler. Now, she was an AJW veteran, and back in the AJW days, she was much more of an aerial wrestler. But as she got older, she kind of got bored of that and wanted to go for more kind of match style wrestling, which AJW weren't keen on her producing. So going to Arceon was the absolute perfect. Now, Aja Khan had lost the Queen of Arceon Championship to a Yoshida and was keen to get it back. So, well, sorry, actually, my fault now. Um, Yoshida was the premier champion and Aja Khan was keen to take the belt from her. So this was all leading up to a championship match when Aja Khan would eventually take um, the title uh, in August of that year at Carnival of the Queens. Um, what do you think of this? Because this is kind of much more on the ground and pound aggressive Matt style Joshi that I think Arceon in its first phase was really about. The Lucha stuff came in as a balance point, but this is uh, Yoshida and Khan really laying into each other as the two top stars and two top stars in the company. What's your thoughts on this one, John? Yeah, this is just brutal. This is, as you said, it's very classic Arceon. It's very ground and pound, very slam heavy. It's just, you've got your two biggest stars essentially just going hell for leather to build like tension towards an inevitable match there's a reason it's like so high up the card and it kind of it gives you that breath of fresh air after you've watched so much of the sort of lucha tinged stuff in the tournament plus yeah any excuse to watch Aja Kong and Yoshida beat the absolute shit out of each other it's just murderous it is because Yoshida's trying to take off Aja's arm and take it home with <laughs> It's just brutal. It's um, it's it's actually closer to watching UWF. Me and Mark has obviously watched an awful lot of UWF Ledet these days, and it's much closer to that kind of match than a regular tag team match at all. Um, it's only a highlight film. We don't get to see all of it, but you kind of want to see all of it, <laughs> don't you? This is this is if, if this is going to make you watch a main event championship match between these two, nothing else will. It whets the appetite perfectly, especially as Kong loses. So that sets up the championship match with her as the underdog against Yoshida. And now we get to the main event, which is the final between Chapahita Asari and Mary Apache, who has changed her outfit in, a, uh, in, a, you know, in an attempt to stay fresh <laughs> for this particular tournament. And this is intriguing because this is a Joshi traditionalist against a luchadora. And it's interesting to see what, what the, the pair of them come up with because this is just outstanding. It's Mary so Apache's, fast and so fluid. It's yeah. just ridiculous. Full court press wrestling. That's what I would say this is. Like, just never let up. 
ever. Just just go, 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 go. And I think this is the, the, it kind of harks back to three or four years early. Whilst all the Joshi companies were kind of slowing down, they were building up the pace and building up the heat. It, like matches weren't being booked as one form story matches. Like you watch Stardom now and those matches are kind of there's a lot more influence on New Japan Pro Wrestling, obviously, because Jushin Liger and uh, Milano AC have been spending time in the dojo there and have kind of like redirected Joshi into a kind of New Japan style, which is clearly very popular because they're filling arenas, whereas like Tokyo Joshi Pro is much more like a traditional Joshi company and they're very successful. They're filling arenas as well. But, you know, this, it's, this is kind of like Joshi at its most traditional in the hell for leather, no let go, do not stop go kind of style of wrestling. That is very influential on people like Kei Omega and uh, Kota Ibushi and the Young Bucks. And I think, oh God, that leg lock. What the hell is she doing? Um, <laughs> sorry, there's, there's someone putting a figure four leg lock on top of an Indian death lock at the same time and then sticking on a sleeper hold in the middle of it and an armbar as well. Because why not? <laughs> oh, double armbar. Just like, hey. Nice limbs you had there. It would be a shame if someone came and broke them. Off. Um, but yeah, um, so this is kind of... Apache isn't a heel, but she is incredibly aggressive and clearly wants a tournament victory. And Asari is trying to do it through pure science, whereas Apache is trying to do it with a bit more aggression. And it's a nice subtle story to tell. There's no real heels in this tournament, and it's, it is a fun watch. But it's still serious business when we get down to the end. And it clearly means an awful lot to both wrestlers. And I do really enjoy this. Have you got anything else to say on this one, John? I was just, as you said, it's a really fun tournament to just sit down and watch. You get to see a lot of different, like, clashing styles. There's a lot of great matches, a lot of great wrestlers. And the final is actually worth watching. Absolutely. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, that <laughs> like Larry does. <laughs> took a block off um and we will give away the results here because chapita asari takes the champ tournament win um and then notices that her and mary apache both beat the tag team champions during the tournament um and when uh and challenges miku akino and akumada uh to a tag team title match and picks mary apache as her tag team partner which was really cool i thought that was really like, hey, we just killed each other, but how about we team up and kill them instead? <laughs> it's a funny little twist. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a desperado master wow for but it did for for its audience of the day. Only, you know, they don't actively hate each other. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I was I've I've been dying to ask you because we had a chance to talk about it. What were your thoughts on Desperado and Master Wato tagging together during uh, Super Junior Tag I sort of looked at it and was just like, what the fuck am I looking at? And <laughs> yeah, no surprise, that team did not work. It, uh, it was the best thing in the tournament. It was so good. It was so much fun to watch. Um, it's like an odd couple type deal where you're like, is it going to work? Isn't it going to work? And then everyone's like, of course it's not going to work. Why it, would it? it? Well, it did. As a tag team, it did in the end um, because they told the right story with it. They said, you know, 
Desperado, um, they wrestled. Um, Desperado got a chance to like, give an entire speech on what he thought was the best, who, who makes a great ace, was basically what he used to do. So they beat uh, Kevin Knight and Kushida. Mm. And um, Despy, said, says, Despy said, how come you think we're getting so many main events? It's not because people want to see me. It's because they see something in you. And you have a chance to be like him and point it over to Kushida. He said, he's an ace. He's exactly what an ace should be. He's Hontai. He's the best. He carried the company. And even though he went somewhere else, eight people still love him. You could be him. <laughs> and that was like, that, that's telling the truth, <laughs> you know. And it was like, it gives me chills talking about it now. It was such a good story to tell because they were the worst people to put together, but also the best people to put together. In, the, in that sense of, they kind of broke kayfabe and said, yeah, we're going to make Wato the ace of the company, but we've got to figure out how to make Wato the ace of the company, because he's clearly not the ace of the company, and Despy's going to teach him how, because Despy is Thank not you. an ace, and therefore goes out of his way to not be an ace, but knows exactly where an ace should be. <laughs> I think my favourite thing from Desperado this week was just his reaction to Gage versus Kasai being announced by GCW. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing from Desperado was um, they were was at um, uh, he was on commentary at um, Power Struggle and he's watching John Moxley wrestle um, Gray O'Carn and Moxley mm. just Moxley goes because they get double counted out straight away because they just they can't wrestle in the ring so they get a double count out and Moxley gets in the microphone and says. Pinfall's count anywhere. Let's go again. I'm not coming all this way not to keep your house. And then camera pans to Desperado. He's got this massive grin on his face. <laughs> it's like, hey! <laughs> you can tell he's like, oh, Moxley, no pinfall's count anywhere. It's going to be amazing. Because yeah, Desperado's a fan first and a wrestler second. And that's, that's, that's what makes him great. He loves wrestling, not just not just being a wrestler. He loves he loves promos and he loves watching wrestling and he loves talking about wrestling. And he caught one of the best promos with Hiroma Takahashi. It was just nice, quiet promo. Hiroma, Hiromo challenged him uh, for Wrestle Kingdom to be the junior heavyweight title match. And he says, I gotta go and get fixed up. I, I, I've got some surgery to get, but if you keep the other idiots out of the way, I'll come wrestle you at January 4th. And it's just like, because <laughs> Ishimori and um, uh, uh, um, Funky Weapon have been eyeing for a title Gucci. match. <laughs> I'm going to uh, forget Taguchi's name. I know. I, I watch so much wrestling these days. It just sticks in my head. But it is just like junior heavyweight, re- that Super Junior Tag League just made everything about juniors again for two weeks. And all of the stories that kind of came out of that were really great. And I know Desperado and Wato probably wasn't going to be great for everybody, but for me it was awesome. And it made Wato much more likable. I <laughs> know <laughs> um, that it was a really cool thing because on the last, on the power struggle, all the teams that did really well but didn't win had a four way. And Wato had been trying to give this goofy t shirt that of the, 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 he had t shirts printed for the tag team. And he kept giving them to Desperado all the way through the tournament, and Despy wouldn't, wouldn't take them. I was like, get lost, man. I'm not going to wear your stupid t shirt. 
And on the last night, he offered it to him as they walked down the aisle and Desperado sighed and then took the T-shirt and tucked it into his trousers alongside his strong style T-shirt. So there you go. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, yeah. He's, 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 he's even worked on making Despy not hate him. So I, I went that conversation with you. I had the same conversation with Marcus on Sunday because I said, so um, during the Super Junior Tag League, M- Master Wato tagged with uh, Desperado. And he went, what? <laughs> <laughs> See, it would have worked so much better if I still hated Wato, but I don't. He's not. I was just he's... like, oh, great. Now they're ruining my favorite New Japan wrestler by putting him with that idiot. What a fucking shock. But it's like, no. No, they're actually trying to they're trying to make him cool because they know he's not cool. And I think I think the journey is Wato knows he's not cool. He needs to know he's not well cool. Because Tanahashi is a goofball. He knows he's not cool. And Okada knows he's not really cool. He can be cool when he needs to be, but he's a big old goofball when he's not. Um, and Tanahashi's a goofball, and he knows he's not cool a lot of the time. Wato is far too serious and doesn't realise he's not cool. <laughs> so he needs to understand that he's not cool but someone needs to keep him in his place and tell him you're not cool stop trying to be cool just be you and that's I mean that's... you're putting him with like New Japan's only deathmatch wrestler so of course like he's he's, yeah, he's not he's... going to be as cool as Desperado ah uh, is he the only deathmatch wrestler because Titan's also a deathmatch wrestler he doesn't deathmatch as much as he used to I think he's had his Titan his, his Titan's deathmatch career is over with but he he is a he has deathmatched in the past. True, but like current deathmatch wrestler, I think I think Desperado is the only one that actually deathmatches. Yeah, I'm trying to think anybody else does. Zack Sabre Jr. does occasionally, on occasion. We'll, True, we'll, he did have one with Gage. He will which dabble. Is really good. He will dabble, but you know. Thank you very much for listening to the Trooper Show today. It's been great to have you back, John. Where can we find you on the internet? You can find me at Twitter handle John Deathman. I refuse to call it X. It is that is the gateway to hell that will lead you to all my writings, ramblings, opinions. You can find me at John underscore Deathman on Instagram. It's the same as Twitter, but with pictures. <laughs> and you can find most of my work on Patreon at Deathmatch Digest. It's all mainly free to read. And as of two hours ago, I finally uploaded my turning point review from when I was there as press. Yeah, in association they... with 3W Wrestling. Yes, 3W Wrestling, where um, myself and John are both editors. Um, I, it, what is your full title? Deathmatch editor and deputy editor, isn't it? Death, deputy, deputy death editor. Something like that. <laughs> deputy editor. I make it of to go along. I'm the managing editor um, <laughs> of 3W Wrestling. Uh, we have a good crew over there who do lots of interviews. So you can go find them on Twitter. Uh, at 3W Wrestling, um, or on Facebook as well, at 3W Wrestling too. Um, and there's usually lots of interviews, and a lot of the people who written for many magazines down the years have migrated over there. We're still looking for a print outlet. We're figuring that out. But in the meantime, we've got loads of content on our YouTube channel, and you can go watch that there. Um, and we'll be back next week. My name's James Trudeau. You can find me at Sheriff Lonestar on Twitter and on SheriffLonestarTX on Instagram and on Mastodon Sheriff Lonestar. You can find the show, Troopney Show, on Twitter and on Instagram, as well as Troopney Show, The Troopney Show on Facebook and Patreon. We have a Discord, The Troopney Show podcast. We're all over the place. We're trying to increase our media engagement, as it were, because Twitter's gone to shit. 
is the answer to the question. Because, you know, we don't get as much engagement as we used to have. And like um, myself and a bunch of podcasters, as we're in a small chat group on Twitter, and it's like, why, why have all of our numbers gone down within the space of a week? And the reason why is because not many people are using Twitter anymore. The algorithms have switched around so differently, it's difficult to get traction. So we're trying to spread away a little bit, find new audiences. So we're going to do some different things. I am thinking that every show from now on will have to go on YouTube as well as go on uh, the podcast network. So you'll be able to find us on there too. Um, just take me a little bit more time to edit things, but it can be done. But also on there, it means you also get things like uh, sub uh, subtitles, so it makes it more accessible for people too. Uh, in the meantime, take care, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye. <laughs>